Hey, everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Benton from the Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as always, like I say in every show, we've got a great one for you today because we do. we got Natasha Owens. She's a Christian-based singer and really awesome songs. We've heard, her, we've heard some songs from her before we did the show. We think you're going to love her. So, Natasha, are you here? I am. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure to have you on. How is life right now? You know, life. I live in Texas, so life is getting hot around here pretty fast. Um, and back to normal. We we were, of course, on lockdown for a little while, like everybody else was. But things are getting back to normal, and I'm loving every moment of that. We beat y'all though, because Georgia was the first. Yes. yes. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're and still not we... completely open. We're yeah. we're probably. With the exception of church is what we bet. Right. Sandy and I pretty much really miss church, but with the exception of church, we do. We, our, mm-hmm. you know, Georgia is pretty close to normal. It is. Wow. Well, maybe I need to come on vacation to Georgia because we're, we're <laughs> just starting like 50% in the restaurants, and things things are get a little weird sometimes depending on where you're at. I mean, if I'm if I'm remembering yeah. correctly, we're under like a, just a six-foot rule. And I don't think don't they have like a 50% rule? In Georgia, but I think it's a six-foot rule right now. I think it is, yeah. Well, we'll I never, (laughs) I know, I never would have thought us waking up on New Year's Day on two thousand twenty twenty that we would be entering into this twilight zone. But (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, because I remember um, I had this vision for this show, the Chris and Sandy show, and I told Sandy we we, we Mm -hmm. run New Country Buzz for a little while. And that's our main thing. I said, it's time to take a next level and do our do a show. And I remember the vision for 2020 was, you know, we're going to do maybe 70 to 80 interviews for the year. And yes. when all this started locking down, I was like, I told Sandy, this is our time to shine. Artists right. Yeah, are let's be pour into the show. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, cause artists, artists are have sitting, wait, to waiting right to get, I know, waiting to get back on the road. So now's the perfect time to work on music and talk to people and yeah. keep the music yeah. li- alive, you know? Cause you're, yeah. you're actually the second show for today. Wow. Yes. <laughs> Y'all are breaking so. records already and it's not even the first <laughs> half yet. <laughs> We're trying to. So try. um, as we get try started here, um, tell everybody who you are, where you're from and a brief overview of you, your a little base background. Okay, so my name's Natasha Owens, and I grew up in Tennessee. I was a Memphis girl and uh, moved to Dallas-Fort Worth area in Texas when I was 14. So I've been here ever since. Um oh, been wow. married for 25 years this year. Oh, wow. And Congratulations. Have, wow. Thank you. I know we're, he always we're 17 says, years. Well, congrats. It, that is an accomplishment in these days for sure. For sure. My husband tells me every year it's a celebration of life because I haven't killed him yet. (laughs) (laughs) He's such a jokester that uh, people who know him uh, believe that that, I mean, that's an accurate statement for sure. He's always in trouble. (laughs) But um, we have two teenage boys, one in college, one uh, one in now going into his senior year, I guess. Hopefully it will be pandemic free and he can enjoy it. All these graduates this year, I felt so bad for. Um, yeah. So oh, that's we kind did of the, too. 
I know it's terrible. Um, they're doing graduations around here, like at Texas Motor Speedway, um, where they yeah. do NASCAR, where the parents are staying in the car in the middle, and yeah. then they put up a big screen. So I guess where there's a will, there's a way, right? At least they're getting a graduation. That's right. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the background a, and, of. And they'll always oh, be able to say that they will always be able to say we were the only ones to graduate like that. I know it. I know. Who would have thought? <laughs> that's true. Cheese. <laughs> but, so it could um, be a badge of honor. Yes, it could be. They're definitely experiencing things that, well, we all are, that we've never never had to do. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, you know, life throws us curveballs, and we just have to make the best of it sometimes, don't we? Yep, we do, exactly. yes. So that's kind of a background on where I live and about my family, and then I have a whole big story as to why I'm doing music because I haven't done this all my life. This is kind of a late in life thing for me. Well, lead us into that. We'd like I'd love to hear yes. that story because that, that's what mm-hmm. our show's about. You, the person. Yeah. Yes, so I grew up in the church. I grew up with a very uh, strict r- religious family, and mm-hmm. um, thought I was anchored to Christ. And the first time something faith shaking came, it just really tossed me. Ten years ago, this past um, May. This this month, 10 years ago, my dad passed away. He was cleaning mm. his guns, sitting at a table, and there was a bullet in the chamber that he didn't see, and it went off and hit him in the heart. And oh, he wow. was big as life to me. He was like both parents, and life as I knew it completely stopped at that point. I was the strong one in the family, um, you know, trying to be there for my kids and my sister and my mother. And I delayed mm-hmm. my grief because I stayed too busy. We always want, yeah. you know, there's a fine, happy yeah. medium. You need to stay busy in the midst of grief, mm-hmm. but you mm-hmm. have to deal with it and not put it on the back burner. And I didn't deal with it. And on the uh, right around the year mark of his first uh, anniversary of his death, I downspiraled so far into depression because of the things that I spoke. I was so angry at God, and I questioned why. Mm-hmm. And why is a, is a dangerous question because nine times yeah. out of ten you will not get that answer. And when yeah. I didn't get an answer, mm-hmm. I, I started speaking things out of anger and um, mm-hmm. not being thankful mm-hmm. for what I have left, being, being so distraught at what I had lost. I was so tunnel-visioned on that. And uh, I, I put myself into a depression and almost didn't make it. Uh, six months into my depression, my pastor called and said, I need you to step up and be our music minister. We, we need one. And I oh, wow. struggled with wow. such anxiety, too, because I mm-hmm. had always sang, but I had always been in the back. Never had I stepped mm-hmm. forward in the front position. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't have anything left. If I had something left, I would give it to my kids or my husband I would get out of bed mm-hmm. every day, but I can't. I don't have anything for you. And he called a second and third time, and mm-hmm. every time I just shot him down. And the last time, it mm-hmm. was it was a specific day that I had already convinced myself that the world would be a better place without me. I was going down the suicide road very quickly. And mm-hmm. he called and said, I don't want you to say a word. I just want you to listen. I want you to hear what I have to say. He said, I feel like that this is your last lifeline. God always gives a way out, but I feel like this is your last one. And I feel like that you need mm-hmm. to take this position. And he said, I just want to ask you two questions. Are you tired of feeling the way you're feeling? And I said, yes. And he said, will you just say yes to this position? Because what mm-hmm. God has done 
Mm. is that he's designed this whole system that if you pour out into other people and get past you, he gives healing in return. And I feel like that's what's going to happen if you just say yes. And Mm. I said yes without even really thinking about it because I was so desperate. Mm-hmm. To, I could. I didn't want to feel what I was feeling anymore. Yeah. And um, but yeah. then I faced another battle because I was so paralyzed by fear and anxiety. I couldn't even talk in front of people without sure. uh, my mouth going dry, without me stuttering. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really had a problem. And yeah. over the next three years of that, I, it was. I didn't get further away from him from that point on because I couldn't. Here was a Christian that had been raised all of her life in um, the church, and I even questioned if there was a God. I couldn't open up my mm-hmm. Bible. I couldn't pray, and I was being asked to step up to be a minister of music. Um, mm-hmm. So it was a process. For about six months, yeah. I was paralyzed, and I would turn on music. I would turn on worship music, and 30 seconds later, I'm out getting ready, and I used music to help get me out of my depression and get my feet Mm -hmm. going, right, until Mm -hmm. I could get to a place where I could allow God to help me through it. And uh, so I didn't get further away from God from that point further, but it took Mm -hmm. years to dig out of my Mm -hmm. hole. And through that, God taught me so much about how he didn't leave me and that how he helped put me back together. And there was so many positives to hang on to and so many things to Mm -hmm. live for um, that I, I, that's the reason why I'm doing music today is to help other people um, who have lost their hope. Just let them know, Mm -hmm. hang on God, God's not going to leave you. And you know, you really hit home with me because I went through 19 years of addictions and when I say 19 Aww. years, it was it was if things were going great in my life, I didn't really drink that much. But if they weren't, I would. So it was like an up and down thing. So Sandy and I get we we got married in um, 2002. On you know back we we have this crazy love story where we met online on February 2nd of 02 back when it was taboo back then. We met online. Two days later, we talked on the phone. Sixteen wow. later, day, sixteen days later. Um, which was February 18th, we set a wedding mm-hmm. date. We just knew that God wow. was here. And then, you know what's mm-hmm. amazing and Mark, is yeah. uh-huh. 16 days after uh, I met my husband, he asked me to marry him exactly 16 days after our first <laughs> oh, wow. date. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've never found another <laughs> couple like that. <laughs> and then, we hadn't either. And, then Mar- yep. wow. and March 4th, we met in person because she was in Kentucky. I was in Georgia. We met in mm-hmm. person. Um, so we were actually getting to meet who we were going to marry. We already knew. We just knew this was God. And like I said, I Mm -hmm. went through the addictions. She didn't see know that side of it because I was in the phase where everything was going good. Six months after um, we married, my mom passed away. I didn't know what to do. I went to what I knew, um, what I know best, drugs and alcohol. And Mm -hmm. she went, and Sandy went through like, you know, four, four or five years of hell because of my addictions, it was, and, and she never put me down. She never nagged me. She never did any of that. She always loved, you know, some people always talk about, you know, when we tell our story, oh, she allowed you to walk over her those early years. I was like, no, yeah. she allowed me to experience God's pure love through her those early years. Right. Big difference. And and if it weren't for that, I wouldn't be alive. But I can remember when you were saying about the suicide, I remember December 26, 2007, I, I woke up. Realizing for the first time I got drunk on a Christmas day. Never done that in my life. 
And I went to God, and I pleaded with him. And I didn't ask him to help me quit the drugs and alcohol. I asked him, I was like, I I need the desire taken away. Because I knew that I couldn't do this day-to-day, like celebrate recovery, and I I just couldn't do that. And I, I pleaded. I was like, either take the desire away. Or I'm taking my life. One of them's got to give because right, I'm, yeah. I'm destroying my family. Sandy deserves way more than that. We've got this great love story, and here it is. I'm destroying it. <laughs> and, um, and I just knew that. And, and, and I remember to this day, I felt like God said, give him 30 days and he'll heal me. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, now I'm going crazy because um, you're God. How can you say right. give you not, now I didn't know what I know now, what I know then. I didn't know then what I know now that if you look read through the Bible, every miracle was preceded by some form of obedience. Right. I didn't realize me staying sober for those first for those thirty days was my obedience so that he could deliver the miracle through me. Yeah. And exactly around the twenty eight day mark, I ain't felt zero. Desire for drugs and alcohol ever since, completely healed, and and I've had people tell me I should never tell that story because not every alcoholic is going to get that story. I'm like, and I'm like, but it can happen, you know, (laughs) you know. I'm not, you know, if God may use AA, He may use celebrate recovery. For me, He didn't. It's just healed. And but yeah, I was that morning. I felt like you know what. I'm going to take my life. I either and I I was I was at at the bottom there, and all that. And I just knew that I knew that something like you were saying, you wanted to feel better. I wanted to feel better so bad. And, and when I felt that urge, I I really wanted to believe that God spoke to me. I mean, I even told Sandy, I was like, I'm quitting, no more drugs and alcohol, and. Of course, like the cheerleader woman that she always was for me, she was like, "Great, let's you know you can do this. I'm with you." Yeah. Now, now she told me later in mm-hmm. back of her mind she didn't believe it. <laughs> yes, I heard it woman. so many times at that point, but but I wanted to believe it. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's one of them things where you know what, and God healed, and I still believe He still heals, and and you know, as you tell in your story and and how. How the whole situation with the death of your dad and all that—I was like, man, that you know—that just rang my bell because I'm sitting here like I've got the same story but on a different level. Yeah, well, we all go through the the same emotions, and you know, when when I started out on the road trying to help people, I thought it was going to be a mm-hmm. very specific um, ministry, right? Specific mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. grief and losing parents and whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's such a universal message because when we all go through something faith-shaking, we go through the, the same steps of grief, the acceptance, mm-hmm. the bitterness, the, the anger, mm-hmm. the denial, and um, finally the recovery. And, you know, when we all get to a place where we can't deal with, with whatever big is going on in our life, we mm-hmm. we turn to alcohol and drugs and depression, and then it, that all leads to suicide because we get to a place where we can't numb it anymore. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and it's just it's so hard to give it to God. But I whenever you said that you prayed specifically and you said, take this desire away, I was raised mm-hmm. like that to 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 absolutely ask for exactly what you want, because when God shows up, that you know that he's the one that, that has done it for you. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I tell people pray specific, 
You want that desire to be taken away. You want healing. Pray that way. Don't just say, God, Mm -hmm. fix the situation, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Of course, he knows knows your heart, and he knows exactly what you need in the exact timing, right? He shows up at the exact right time. But a lot of times it's not when we rationally think it's the best time, right? When I'm in the midst of (laughs) depression and in my bed, I don't expect God to show up and want me to do something. That obedience, like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to give to these people. You want me to get up and get ready and be prepared Mm -hmm. and and lead these people into worship when I need someone to feed into me. Mm -hmm. But God does that Mm -hmm. right back. When he tells you to do something and, and you get up and walk towards him, he rewards that and he heals you in return. So I'm so thankful and, you, know, you made it through that period of time. Well, we so much, and thank. And, and you know um, where you talked about that um, about you, your um, ministry went a little different way than what you originally thought. I'll be honest. Yeah. I thought I thought you know we were going to be this married couple with this marriage ministry. That's and I and I'm not saying that's not out the picture yet. You know. I really feel like right. that we're going to eventually be in the marriage ministry and all that, but we've never been able to really get anything like that off the ground. And but yet here it is, where we got some crazy little show that I really felt like mm-hmm. God is behind. And it took me a yeah. while to convince myself that God could be behind this because, as I told you before the show, most of the artists that come on are country music, and I've been taught from. In, Good intentioned Christians. Now, I want to say that with yep. quotes here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you hear that you can't support country music and be a Christian. So I had this battle in my head. How can we do this within the country music world? And we love country music so much and be a ministry. Yeah. How can we do that? And it finally dawned on me. I was at our church one uh, about six, seven, eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember we're sitting there. Because I always, I was always one of them that believe. I guess almost like a Pharisee in me, where I always felt like if it's if it's a ministry for God, it's got to be God focused. That was always my thought. And I remember yeah. sitting in the church, and they had a story on on the screen about a guy who's in a black belt in jujitsu, and his dojo is he he calls his ministry, and he talks about that he does his, he says God has allowed me to use my passion. For jiu-jitsu to change people's lives who come into my dojo. And I'm sitting – and that clicked. I was like, what yeah. if this um, music, country music, whatever music, is our ministry? That really clicked with me because I, cause I thought that for years, to go, going back and forth with this whole idea. So I, you know, I, what God taught me through that is – you can have it. Your a ministry does not have to be God focused as long as it's God inspired. Absolutely, and that's where I, me and my husband were talking about this last week about how mm-hmm. the church has such an awesome opportunity right now, even though the church is actually closed, right? The four mm-hmm. walls of the church, mm-hmm. because we've always believed that it's not about the four walls of a church. We are the mm-hmm. church, and. Yeah. You know, as a Christian, mm-hmm. I see other Christians. I know that they're just trying to be an influence and so forth, but sometimes they come on way too strong, right? Yeah. I love mm-hmm. being a like call it like talking to you guys today. It's not a typical mm-hmm. Christian music show. Yeah. I love that, yeah, because I love bringing the gospel and bringing God and being a center influence to people who wouldn't normally 
turn on a Christian station or walk into a church or Mm -hmm. just bring the love of Christ and be a spark in the midst of the darkness Mm -hmm. and people will gravitate towards you. You know, yeah. So I'm yeah, so absolutely. glad that you realize that because bring God to them. Show when you have God in you, and mm-hmm. you are you a center influence. You can't hide it, and people see that. They they gravitate mm-hmm. to that. They see that you have something that that some people don't have, and they want to know what it is. They're very curious. You know. Yep. You know, I Love remember that. a story. A, fr- a friend of mine um, was telling a story that he got invited. He he was a pastor. And he got invited to to a junior achievement um, speech. Only problem with junior achievement, you can't say God or any of that. So he's trying to figure out how do I word things to be light without me talking about my experience with God. Right. And he he said that when it was done, when it was all he said, he didn't mention God, didn't mention Christ, none of it. He said there were a lot of kids came up to him afterwards and says, "You're a preacher, aren't you?" <laughs> and see, they can spot still, it. You know, they can yep, spot the Jesus. You, you can't hide it. You 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 can't right. hide it. And that and that's what I wish more people would see out there is be the light in this darkness. You know, you know, there, we got so much dark out there. Um, you can be the light. Like, like I remember, I posted a quote on Facebook recently, and I've posted this every few, every, a bunch of times every year. But it's like just because you're going through your own storm doesn't mean you can't be the lighthouse for someone else right that's right that's that's so great (laughs) a lot of times we we feel like we have nothing to give when we are in the midst of battle right but that's Mm -hmm. that's when you got the most to give that's when you got the most to give and that's when you usually make the most influence and have the most Mm -hmm. following you know is because god uses us through our weakness not when we have it all together and we have it all under control. And, and that's something that I've learned too. You know, you know, like with our show. You know, every artist that we come on. Now I know I can, like with you, I knew you're a Christian artist. We could talk. We can go in, in this direction. I never know where direction we're going to go in the show, but yeah. I knew with you we can go whatever direction I need it to go. And um, but you know, with other artists, I'll end up saying something about where God has led me on this. And then usually they'll say something. So a lot of times I can lead it into a little bit about God. I don't want it to be God. I never want the show to be God-focused, but I'm able to lead God into it right. and still get the point across. That's right. That's right. We don't, that. have to, we don't have to say it in every sentence. We don't have to come on so strong. I think some Christians feel like they have to do that. If you just add a little bit of God, it goes a long way. Yep. So as um, – so when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I actually I got to do that? What are some highlights of your career? We have had so many cool and crazy things happen. <laughs> you know, because of my anxiety, I think God knows exactly how to guide me, you know, for me to mm-hmm. say yes to things. Mm-hmm. So um, it was a whole God thing, the reason why I did a CD. Never thought I would do that. Never really wanted <laughs> to go into a professional music scene, right? And uh, one thing led to the other, and I knew God was guiding us that way. So we created a a CD um, that had all the songs of making it through a trial from the beginning to the end. And we did it to the best of our ability, and um, it kind of fell into someone's hands and fell into someone else's hands. And a guy called me from New York, and he's a big manager. Um, He called, and 
he'd never been in the Christian industry. He'd always been in rock mm-hmm. and pop. And he said, you know, I've got quite the resume of people that I've represented, but I've, I don't know if I can help you. And I said, well, we're just going to pray about it, right? Because you um, <laughs> you called me, <laughs> so we're going to pray. <laughs> well, um, so we got off the phone. He didn't think about me for six weeks. And on Father's mm-hmm. Day, he called me on the side of the oh, road wow. bawling. And he said, of all days, he said, my dad is dying of cancer. And he said, I haven't thought about you in six weeks, but one of your songs started playing on my phone, and I can't explain it. But I'm on the side of the road. I'm in tears, and I feel like God wants me to help you. And I said, that is our answer. So we made the agreement. The music career really started on Father's Day. And then he calls me back three weeks later, and he says, do you want to open for Michael W. Smith? And for those who don't know who Michael W. Smith is, he's a legend and contemporary Christian and just one of the big dogs, right? You usually have to work up to get on a stage with him. And I immediately Mm -hmm. said, no, I don't. I don't want to open for him. And he said, (laughs) why not? And I said, well, I've never sang these songs live. I don't have a band. And, I mean, I'm just about having a panic attack. It's going to be, you know, 50,000 people. And and so he said, just think about it. We're just going to pray about it, right? And that's what you've taught me. Um, It's October 3rd. And so I about fell out of my chair, and I said, I'll do it. And he said, what made you change your mind? And I said, that is my dad's birthday. And so I knew that God was so much in the details that if he orchestrated it so perfectly like that, that Mm -hmm. I had to just take a chance and prepare the best to my ability, but then he would just have to do the rest, right? And Mm -hmm. he did. So my very first concert was very special to me because it was on one of the largest stages I've ever been on, but it was on my dad's birthday. So my career kind of started backwards, right? So that was a big highlight. (laughs) I also, I also had, um, all my, um, I guess big massive stadium concerts has been with Michael W. Smith. Mm -hmm. So we had one in Puerto Rico, uh, about five, six years ago, five, six years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was a highlight of my career, right? Um, mm-hmm. Let's see. Another highlight. We we had a concert at Silver Dollar City. Do you know where that is in Branson? Uh, it's like sure. a Six Flags. It's like a Six Flags okay. with a very country bluegrass flair, right? And uh, we had mm-hmm. a big contemporary Christian uh, festival there. Um, and mm-hmm. we had probably 10,000 uh, young people and wow. the energy in that crowd was amazing. So uh, we've had so many cool things happen, but those are some really mm-hmm. cool highlights over yeah. the years, I guess. You you talking about nervousness? I remember 50, about 15 years ago, 10 to 15 years ago, <clears throat> and I granted this ain't a stage of 10 to 20 thousand people, but still it was. Uh, you know, we were helping launch a little young professionals group here in Savannah, and. They asked three different people to give a little small speech to as the launch, on the launch night, and it was only five minutes. Yeah. You know, it was really small. I never spoke before, and it was five minutes. I so I said, I'll do it. You know, how hard can that really be? What can <laughs> go wrong in five minutes? A couple of lessons I learned from that. One is, don't change what you're going to say the day of the speech. Big, big, yes. big lesson. Um, number two. Don't make the first speech you ever do in your life in front of 300 professional people. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> I can remember <clears> – <throat> I remember I had my notes in my hand, and they called me up, and I get up there, and I can't see my paper because my hand is shaking. 
Can't see nothing. I have been there, done that. And I'm shaking. So I think, okay, no big deal. I'll put it on the podium, and I can just look look at it from there. And I'm a short guy, but the problem was the podium only came to my waist, and the lights were dim. I put it down there. Mm-hmm. Nope. No, that wasn't going to work. So I'm like, well, the, fi- the five minutes I was given was parts of my story. I, I, I can wing this. Only problem, I open my mouth and nothing comes out. Nothing. Oh, goodness. I mean, my mouth is moving, but no sound. And Sandy told me later, she's on the, she's on the front row freaking because she don't know what. She's just like, I can't do nothing. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I wish so that bad. could help. <laughs> it was, yeah. and, <laughs> I felt so bad and, for her. And, and all I could think of was um, I, I knew that I had to finish it no matter what. Because I knew if I walked off that stage, I'll probably never do anything to do with speaking ever again. I knew it was yeah. a defining moment. And we're about a minute, minute and a half in. So these mm-hmm. poor people are having to, I'm having to suffer with me here. And I finally, I, I took a deep breath, and I was like, I'm going to just say the first thing that pops on my mind. <laughs> so I, I blurted out, uh, if y'all get nothing else out of this, at least you get a yeah. good laugh. Everybody laughed, <laughs> and it, that and it did just enough for me to calm down. And I nailed the rest. I nailed yeah. the rest. And but I'll I'll never forget that moment. That, you know, I knew I had to get through. And it was funny. See, all this is lining up to where I always thought I'm supposed to speak. And we're talking yeah. before this. When, when Sandy and I first married, that was one of the things that I'm supposed to be a speaker. I knew this, and I'm supposed to speak. And Sandy has always been this lover of music. So we marry, and here it is. I listen to audios 24-7. She listens to music 24-7. Yeah. See a problem mm-hmm. there? <laughs> um, <laughs> so, we had to, so we had to come to an agreement that we, you know, and we, we may, both made a compromise that we'll listen to 50% music, 50% audios. And so that we kind of did that. So I've always thought I'm supposed to speak. Here it is yeah. 17 years later, spoken a few times. I'm fi- I'm fine with speaking now. I don't have a problem with that. A um, little bit here, a little bit there, and as we grow. And 17 years later, tell me if God ain't good here. My passion was to speak. Her passion was music. We found a way to combine the two under a show called the Chris and Sandy Show. That's awesome. Yes. And and so here it is. We because see we've been a 24/7 couple since the day we married. Yeah, us two, us <laughs> two. Uh, we oh, work wow. together. We're yeah. We own our own businesses, so if we're not doing those, we're running them from the mm-hmm. road, and we're together twenty four seven. You just have to that's, figure out a way us. to make it work, right? Well, that's we right. You know, we, that's you know always people does. always tell us, "We I'd kill my husband. I'd kill my wife." And I'm like, <laughs> "We can't imagine," because they're like, "How do you spend that much time together?" And I'm always like, "How do you not?" That's correct. People ask us the same thing, and I miss him when he's not here. You know, just for a few hours because we're just so yeah, used to uh-huh. being around each other. Yeah, that's us. In fact, we're upset that's us, because exactly. she's got a major surgery on June thirtieth. Going to put her in a hospital for mm-hmm. um, two, two or three nights. We've never spent the night apart. We haven't so, yet. That'll be the so, first time. So, so this will be the first time. You know, and you know, because we got kids, so I got to be with the kids. And of course, yeah. even yes. if we didn't have the kids, you couldn't with the COVID. I couldn't stay with, there with her anyway. So, Probably not. Yeah, that, that whole complication. Yeah. Yep. Probably yeah. not. 
it's yes, amazing to meet yes. somebody that's been that's pretty much twenty. Because again, that that was one thing I think that has drawn me to me. Because all all our life, it's like what, even whether it's in the Christian world or not, it's like I've always felt like an outcast since we've been married because of this crazy. And, and I asked for this type of marriage. I, I remember I felt like I was supposed to meet my wife online. I really felt like God wanted us to meet online. So I. And I kept asking God, well, how will I know? There's like millions of people online. And I felt like he said, you'll know. You'll stand out. And I remember I had one qualifier. Of course, you had to be a Christian. That was a a given. But I had one question that was a qualifier. And everybody I would start chatting with, I'd ask this one question. And my question was, and I got called all kinds of names for this. My one question was, if it were possible – would you consider a twenty-four-seven marriage to live a leg- to, to build a legacy together? That was the question. Wow! Oh, and oh, the the names I got called: the <laughs> control freak, the I this, the that. that. <laughs> and then I got the Sandy, and her her exact answer I'll never forget. She was, I've never heard of that kind of marriage. But if that were even remotely possible, that would be awesome. Wow! That was the. Yeah. I knew that because God told me she'll stand up from everybody. That was the moment I was like, you know what? That's the one that God was leading me to. Yeah. And now when we look back, there's all the signs that were here that we were, were supposed to be here. And here, you know, here, and here we are, 24-7 couples, 17 years married, doing a show together that, that combines both our passions. I can't imagine anything else. That's awesome. And the, Add the add the money God. into it, of course, eventually. <laughs> yeah, tell tell yeah. me God's not in the details. He knows exactly <laughs> what we need and exactly what makes it, us happy. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Now, one thing I like to do too, because we talked about some of the highs um, with with your music career and all that, I like to go the other way because a lot of people that they they see the glory, but they don't see the grind. And, and that's yeah. what's missing out there. Uh, there's so many interview people that they focus on the glory side, but they don't right. talk about the struggles, the sacrifices, because music is sacrifice. I don't care who, what, what level you're trying to make it to. There's sacrifice. I'm going to tell a story that will lead us into this, and this is where I want to go. In 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. At that time, her and her daughter were full-time as a duo. One of the questions I asked her was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? She said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time. She goes, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, once it becomes a career that even though it's your passion, it's still your job, and now you have to treat it like a job. You can, you know, you can have the worst day today. But if you got a gig tonight, you got to be on that stage like it's here. He said, there, she goes, I love my passion, but there are days I don't like my passion. And because I don't care who you are, you're, you're going to have those days. You're going to have the struggles. You're going to have the fight. You're going to have the battles, the mentality. You got to eat different. You got to sleep different. You got to live your life different. You got to sacrifice. Family's got to sacrifice. You can't go to every birthday thing, you can't go to every event. If you got if you're out there full time with with music, she goes. But yeah. if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because that's the only way that those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit. 
Boy, that's good advice, and it's perfect. Um, so this has been – my music career has been the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And that's saying a lot. We've, we've been through a lot of struggles in our life and, and building a business and all of that. But it's been the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And it's the first thing, it's the only thing that I could put on the back burner and not do. And it wouldn't really wouldn't affect our life, right? I can't mm-hmm. close down our business because that's where the, our money comes from. Yeah. I can't close down my family because that you just can't do that. <laughs> So um, it's the first thing that always comes up. I need this, but that's I have found that if it's the first thing off off your tongue, it should be the last thing that you get rid of. When hmm. in the Christian music, wow. because it, I'm a restoration artist, I'm out there for the broken, right? Yeah. I am trying to make a difference in these people's lives, and mm-hmm. the enemy knows that I'm a threat because I am in the trenches and helping, and so. I am a target. I'm on the front lines of what I call ministry. Mm -hmm. It's a battle every day. And I know when something good is about to happen in music, all hell breaks Mm -hmm. loose in my life. (laughs) And it's just a fact. It's hard. You've got to know where the distraction comes from, and you've just got Mm -hmm. to keep going and know that God is going to be there to, to, in the end, protect and make something great out of the pieces, Mm -hmm. right? I have... I started this when my boys were smaller, and I've never wanted to um, help other people at the sacrifice of my own family. And that has been a, a yeah. very hard balance because you do miss things. Uh, yeah. You miss. I have missed so many things throughout their lifetime that I can't get back. You know, they're milestone things mm-hmm. that you just aren't there for. Um, yeah. And I, I, for a long time, I worried about that because I worried about my kids resenting music or resenting me for not always being Mm -hmm. there. We've tried to keep it balanced. If we couldn't come home, we would fly them to, to us. And, um, a couple years ago, my oldest son, uh, I was supposed to go on a spring break with him and I had Mm -hmm. a tour and I said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I can't get out of this, but I'm going to make sure that you go on this trip with your friends. And, and he sat back and he said, mom, I see what you're trying to do, and I see that you're making a difference. And there's people out there that need you more than I do. I'm fine. And I sat back and cried because that was the first time I had really heard from my kids that they really accepted what I was doing and that the sacrifice Mm -hmm. was worth it. You know, uh, if I'd have done this earlier in my life, I don't think it would have been as hard on me. But just traveling, and and it's like Groundhog Day. You you wake up in a new city, and you don't know where you're at. And you haven't slept. You went to bed at 2 o'clock, and and you have to get up early, and and you haven't slept. And you're running on fumes. And if something happens back home as a mama, that down spirals me, you know. And Mm -hmm. But every time I get to the place where I feel like I can't do this, God, and I feel like my strength is just replenished, God always has someone cross my path to let me know that wow. there's a bigger reason and a bigger purpose and all the sacrifice is worth it. And mm-hmm. um, one of the stories that I I was thinking about in the highlights, I'm so glad I saved it to this segment, um, it was one of those days where I had been out on the road for a like a two-month period of time, and my kids were flying mm-hmm. to me every other weekend, and I was just ready to be home. I had had a meltdown yeah. that day. Something had happened mm-hmm. with my kids in school, and I was feeling sorry for myself and just on an emotional roller coaster. And, and 
but I had a job to do, right? You have to go out on that stage and you have to mm-hmm. act like everything's perfect mm-hmm. in your world to some degree. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like I could even step out on that stage. I was just an mm. emotional basket case. And um, I finally got myself together and I went out there and I have found that in my weak moments, God shows up the strongest, right? Because yeah. I don't have it all in control. And I did not know after the show, this guy comes up to me and he cuts line in the merch line and he grabs me and he hugs me, almost breaks my back. And it was that mm. hard. And he he steps mm-hmm. back and he has tears in his eyes and he said, I just want to thank you. Yeah. And I said, well, yeah. I didn't, for what? And he he runs off. Well, the headliner that night, uh, he came mm. on my bus and he said, there was a guy that hugged me that almost broke my back and I said I know the guy I got a great adjustment tonight and I said he wouldn't he wouldn't tell me what was going on with him and he sat down Mm. and he said he was planning on committing suicide tonight and his parent his um he had lost his dad his mom and siblings had bought tickets to the show and they bought him a ticket and he was in his mind he was planning on not telling them but he wanted to say goodbye to them in his own way Mm -hmm. and they got stuck on the interstate in a delay, sometimes delays are well, great, right? Because yeah. God, there, there are sometimes yeah. great things that happen in delays. And yeah. they couldn't make it all the way home. So they said, you're going to have to come up here to the concert if you want to, you know, mm. talk oh, to well. us, whatever you want. And mm-hmm. so he comes up there, and they convince him to stay. And he, he asked the headliner that night, he said, is God real? And he said, for you to ask me that, you already know the answer. And he said, I feel like God mm-hmm. has given me a second chance tonight. I'm so mm. thankful I stayed because I wow. have a second chance at life. Mm. I, God touched me tonight, and I don't want to commit suicide. Like he, he, I think God knew, and he had to drastically come in there and heal him. That's, that sto- I'm not telling that story mm. to bring any kind of glory upon myself. Yeah. What I'm trying to tell you With is all God. When we feel like we're not making a difference and that um, there's a bigger purpose out there, and God orchestrates mm-hmm. these God moments mm-hmm. to where you cross paths with people who need something from you. And it, mm-hmm. in that instance, I sat back and I said, you know, I acted awful today. I just wanted to go home. And I said, this mm-hmm. right here is the reason why we do what we're doing. This right yep. here is worth all yeah. the sacrifice and all the headaches to touch one person. We God <coughs> saved a life tonight, you know. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. um, so the sacrifice. I mean, it is not going into professional music between the politics and everything that's involved in it. It's hard. It's hard, and it's mm-hmm. not for the faint of heart. Like you have to be all in or nothing mm-hmm. at all when it comes to Christian music, for sure. Um, yeah. But there is a bigger purpose, and mm-hmm. um, if you just sit back and look at all the little, I call them God winks, all the little yeah. things that is orchestrated, the positives that come out, it outweighs yeah. all the sacrifice <clears throat> as an artist. You know, you're talking about the orchestrated part. I can remember, um, I guess maybe 50, 60 episodes back, I remember I was getting frustrated, and it was like, you know, and I like to have all artists, small and bigger. But you know, as a mm-hmm. host, you still want you still want bigger artists. I mean, that's just a lot. You know, right. That's Absolutely. just what you want. I mean, my goal is to eventually do where we have four to five rising artists and one to two big artists a week. That's eventually the goal, so I can balance it out a little bit. Yeah. But I remember 
about 50, 60 episodes back, maybe a little bit more, I was having a rough day. And I was one, it was one of the moments I was ready to kind of quit. And I, I had a couple turn downs, and I'm sitting there like um, several people emailed back, says no, because, of course, our show is really new at this time. And I was like, well, God, is anything ever go? I mean, because I was at the moment where I was like, is, are we ever going to have something break through? And right. I remember I, get it, I got an email that same day, probably an hour later, and I got an email. And this um, PR company says, I've got six artists that I would love to have on your show, and would you interview them? So I'm going through the names, and I saw the name Anna Christina Cash. And I was yeah. like, I wonder if there's any <laughs> relation to the Cash family. So I look her up, come to find out she's married to John Carter Cash, who is Johnny wow. Cash's and June Carter Cash's son. So she's yeah. their daughter-in-law. And I'm sitting like, oh, my God. <laughs> so I emailed <laughs> back. I was like, I'll, I'll, I'll interview all six, but I want Anna first. I wasn't stupid. I was like, what if I do bad? Mm-hmm. They don't want to give <laughs> yeah. me the Anna. Anna <laughs> and, um, so, so they did. They gave me first. And she was one – and here's the crazy part. Because of Anna, we've gotten Carlene Carter on our show. We've gotten um, Georgette Jones on our show. We've gotten Jenny Gill on our show. Um, fantastic. All because of the start of Anna. And then it's led us to other people, which led us to other people, and gotten us to Neil Arts on our show because of all that. Um, so as we're sitting here, <laughs> and I was at the moment of one of my weaknesses where I felt like, you know what, is this ever, are we ever going to get – and and again, all our artists are great in my mind. They're all great. Oh yes, they are. But but mm-hmm. you still want to grow. You still Absolutely. you still want to thrive. You've got to get it to a bigger platform, and to do that, you've got to be with bigger artists. I completely understand that. I feel that way in and, my music ministry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it felt like that Anna was really the birth. Now we had a few artists that were bigger than Anna before her, but but not yeah. a known name um, yeah. like mm-hmm. her. And it was like that was – and one day I, I'll tell her because we're going to eventually move to Nashville next year. And um, one day I'll tell her what she really did to our show. That was one of the game-changing artists that we brought on for our show. And, of course, now I'm waiting for that next big breakthrough. And, and again, you're – you know. You got a lot of you – know, for a, you know, a Christian artist, there's not many Christian artists that has 100,000 fans. Because like yeah. you said earlier, it's really tough in the Christian yeah, it is. artist thing. And so when I was like looking at your whole fan base, I'm like, wow, you know, because again, it it takes a lot, you know, because most Christian artists, which even though there's not a whole lot out there, most of them never make it to even 10,000 fans. It's just one of yeah. them things that it's hard to build a base for for a Christian artist. You've done such a great job on that. It's taken it's taken a while, and you just keep. Pushing, you know, a lot of artists, mm-hmm. I think, do, mm-hmm. they do a song, they put it out to radio, and if it mm-hmm. doesn't work, then they're like, well, I tried. You, you yeah. can't have that mindset in, yeah. in Christian music. You just have to keep pouring out great content and mm-hmm. keep building a foundation. And, you know, all those building blocks build a strong foundation that God can really work on. And, you know, I'm just I feel so not worthy sometimes of the places mm-hmm. and, the, and the things that I'm able to do, mm-hmm. but I'm so thankful because I know that the the bigger the stage that I get to, the more people are in the audience, the more people I get to affect, right? The more people yeah, that exactly. I, 
that yeah. God can get to. And so um, it has been nothing I have done. Um, it's been all God, and it's been a lot of hard mm-hmm. work. But mm-hmm. I, I just cannot, I cannot tell you the fulfillment and the healing that I have gotten over the past six years by doing what God wants me to do. I feel like I'm completely in his will and his purpose. And we felt the same way with this show that this is, you know, again, we've tried so many different things, and nobody, oh, really, nobody really supports us in anything. And then we got this crazy little music business that a ton of people in Nashville love us. And yeah. people it's on a local amazing. level don't. That's, people here locally in Savannah are like, why are you, why are you even doing it? You're not even making money in it and all that. <laughs> but all my Nashville friends, they're like, man, this is great. Just keep it. She goes, I mean, I've had yeah, people say, you know you're what? You're building I've a foundation. Watched. Yep, and that's what yeah. people said. They said, mm-hmm. I've watched you for years build this. And because it's because, and I've had a few people say, people in Nashville are talking. You might not know it yet, but they're talking. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we've been. It just, gets around yeah. quick in Nashville. <laughs> um, I'm always amazed when, when I hear that. Good you know, I'll come across someone, and they're like, "Yeah, mm-hmm. we already we already know all about you. We've heard your music." And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> you know, it, it it gets around, and uh, it, it's it's yeah. always the local people are the last ones to support you for some reason. You would think it would be just the opposite. You'd think well, that think a home. Jesus. I know it. You'd think a hometown right. girl or, or guy, they would uh, yeah. they would definitely rally around, but they don't. I don't get the yeah. support here in Dallas mm-hmm. that I do in Nashville or other places. Mm-hmm. Just like with Jesus, mm-hmm. you know, lo- on a local level, they didn't support him. Yeah, they they, you know, they sure didn't. So, <laughs> so if they're not, if he can't get local, so, like I remember <laughs> a friend friend of mine told me advice. She goes. She, she always gives advice to people who it's like you know what if your localness don't support anything you do then move, and you know some people would be like offended by that, and I'm like no that makes sense you know find find your crew find because God has a certain crew out there for everybody, and yeah, ours does. happens to be Nashville. I really there's so I mean we, our one of our dreams was to move to Jacksonville, Florida. We love we go to Jacksonville two or three times every month. That, but month, even for a day, many times, many for just a day, because we're only two hours away. So yeah, that's always close. been our dream for Jacksonville. So we would sit there and try to create friendships down there, because we're down there so much. Mm-hmm. And we just never would create meaningful friendships. And I'm like, man, why is it so hard to create friends down there? Right. And all of a sudden, I, I told Sandy one day, I was like, whoa, whoa, I think God's got a different plan here. I think we want to move to Jacksonville. I don't think God wants us to move. And, and I got explaining. I was like, think about this. We, we're having a hard time doing anything in Jacksonville. But yet we've got all these Nashville friends that, are, that love us. Yeah. I mean, we've got 90% of our contacts are in Nashville now. And I was like, man, he's doing behind the scenes that we, we didn't even see it coming. All of a sudden we have all this base in Nashville. And I'm sitting it's amazing. There like, Whoa. That right there tells you tells you God God is behind it. You know, it's so funny that people always, um, you know, I've got friends and I've got family and even us, mm-hmm. we get to points in our life where we're like, I don't know what to do. If you just pay attention, if you pray about it and just pay attention, God makes it very evident, right? The direction mm-hmm. that He wants you to go in, and sometimes mm-hmm. it's, He has you wait because it's in His timing. But I have found mm-hmm. that if it's not peaceful and it's just so hard yep. to, keep, to get those doors open, mm-hmm. that's not the direction that you go into, right? Like, he always yeah. guides you. And I had a friend of that's mine right. about six, seven months ago 
we kind of counsel with each other. We guide each other. And we were on the phone. And he says, I know you love Jacksonville. He goes, and you may hate me for this, but you're supposed to be in Nashville. I don't care what you think. He says, you're, he says, cause he's, he says, I watch your Facebook page. He says, anytime you talk about visiting Jacksonville and all that, and that, that, you know, hey, meet me at this church if you want. He goes, I never see anybody comment on that. He goes, but every time you talk about Nashville, all kinds of your Nashville friends comment. He goes, that should tell you something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, so well, I mean, Nashville is awesome. I, I'm excited for y'all to get there. Because it was oh, a teeter for. Because again, I had to sit down. I had to sit down and come. It's almost like you know, like in the real world out there, dating scene. Let's say, let's say you've got this, uh, a guy got this beauty queen type thing, and he's got this other girl, that's like an eight or nine, but she has the whole package. Yeah, he teeter totters mm-hmm. between the two, even though it makes sense to not have the beauty queen to have the other one because she's the whole package. That's how I think. That's how I feel with the two between. Because with Jacksonville, I felt like it's the beauty queen. Because I really feel like Jacksonville is the best kept secret of Florida. Everybody thinks yeah. about all the other parts of Florida. They never think about Jacksonville. Yeah. So beautiful down there. And then I it got is. Nashville that may not be as beautiful as. Jacksonville because I love the coast so much, but it's got everything else I want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It does. It definitely doesn't have a coast, but it it's got it. It's a treasure. <laughs> it's the best part of Tennessee, in my opinion. <laughs> and so that's where we are right now. Is you know, so it's like we're trying to plan on moving next year and all that. And and I think now would be a perfect time to take a quick commercial break, and then I'm going to play your song, Stan. Love the song. And when we come back from that, we'll. We'll talk about that. How's that sound? Awesome. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
Oh yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a it's an anthem song for sure, a call to action. Mm-hmm. You know, when we um wrote the song last year, I was reading in Isaiah 7:9 where it says if you do not stand firm in your faith, you will not stand at all. And that was around the same time frame that um you know, the full term abortions in um, mm-hmm. Virginia and New York was mm-hmm. happening, and it just tore me up to think a baby that could live on its own could be killed, you know, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. as well as other things that were happening yeah. that were, were turning so far mm-hmm. away from God as a, as a country. And so we wrote the song of you have to stand for what is right, what is good and what yeah. is right. And um, mm-hmm. even if we fall, even if we fall in our attempt, we cry out, to God and he will come and help us. And um mm-hmm. so that was the purpose in writing this song. Just think, the church has a bad problem of being very passive. We turn the yeah. other cheek, we just mm-hmm. allow things, but sometimes we have to stand up and fight. And yeah. Jesus gave us several examples of that in the Bible, you know, um to where sometimes you just can't be passive. You have to have a voice. And so um but when we launched this song it was right in the midst of the beginning of the pandemic and Mm. god was just so Mm -hmm. much in the details of having people really really relate to this song because they thought i wrote it for for the for the pandemic and just really rushed it and got (laughs) it out there and that wasn't the case it has several messages we have an opportunity right now as a church and as christians to be a light in the midst of the darkness right to stand Mm -hmm. and like the lighthouse on top of the hill to stand with the light and and guide people in people are fearful they're panicked they they fear the unknown and they just need something to, an anchor to grasp onto and we have to show them the anchor is Christ right so um mm-hmm. this song has been very good at bringing um peace and comfort and guidance in the midst of this terrible time that we've all gone through lately yeah Yes, Most definitely. <clears throat> so one thing I like to do on our show is, uh, and I don't think there's enough recognition for this. As you know, it takes a team of people to do what you do. You know, everybody sees the artists. They see, you know, they see the glory, but they don't see the team. You know, right. so, you know. So I like to take a couple minutes to t- tell people, you know, who, you know, who you are, because they don't normally hear from PR about the PR people, managers, or anything like that. So just. Tell people about the team that you have behind you. Give them a little recognition. Goodness. You know, my husband, I I give him so much credit because he can't (laughs) play or sing. He's completely tone deaf. But he wanted to be a part (laughs) of this music ministry, and he had a really tough time finding Mm -hmm. his place. And God started giving him dreams that played out like Mm -hmm. music videos because he's an 80s kid, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, he he has become a – a huge part of helping not only in the production process but the songwriting process to be a part mm-hmm. of of the ministry the words that are impacting people um of course we have my my producer you've got engineers you've got um PR people you've got marketing people you've got mm-hmm. uh radio promotion spotify promotion uh the team just i mean it just grows, right? A whole yeah. massive team. And my band, my band is the absolute backbone um, that they're the only reason I'm able to stand up 
confident on the mm-hmm. stage every time I get up there. Mm. And, of course, I have to give glory to God. He holds all the glue yeah. together, right? Um, but mm-hmm. it, it takes an army for sure to get anywhere in this in this industry. Everybody plays a part. Yeah. Most definitely, yeah. <clears throat> so um, tell us a husband story where he went above and beyond where you were like, wow, he really believes in what you're doing. Goodness. Um, and I know there's probably see. a lot. There are think so, about something that stands out. There are so many stories. He he is just, <laughs> you know, from he, he sets up my merch and, and runs my merch table. And when I'm back mm-hmm. there, he knows exactly what I need when I need it. Just the, the small details, big time. Mm-hmm. He knows when I need a marker. Mm-hmm. He knows when I need a tissue. He knows when I need a, free, a CD to give to <laughs> someone for free, you know. Mm-hmm. He just is there as my backbone and my anchor, um, mm-hmm. you know. God showed up in such a mighty way of him. He went through an identity crisis trying to figure out how he wanted to be so a part of the ministry of my music that he just didn't Mm -hmm. know how to do it. And Mm -hmm. um, he has such crazy faith. I sometimes doubt and get tossed and turned, but he has crazy faith. And so he he went to bed one night, and he said, I'm going to pray that I wake up tomorrow and I either play like Liberace or I sing like Pavarotti. And I said, okay, you you do that, right, because I know that ain't happening. He's so toned up. And he woke up the next day, and, of course, he could not play or sing still. And um, he – about three days later, he said, I've been having the same dream every single night, and I don't know what it means, but it's playing out like a music video in my head. And that was the first uh, – he started telling me about the dream, and I said, Dave, that's exactly how I felt in the midst of my depression. Write that down. That's a song. And he had – that was the first song of so many. He has filled up notebook mm-hmm. after notebook after notebook of just God pouring into him and him mm-hmm. pouring back into me exactly when I need it. You know, he wow. is the, um, he's the jester. Like he's constantly playing jokes on everybody mm-hmm. on the bus. He's constantly got something up his sleeves. Like for instance, he, he makes everything fun. He puts these, mm-hmm. um, uh, those little snap pop fireworks that you throw and they, they pop on the ground. He will tape mm-hmm. them like to the under seat of the toilet. So when you sit down, they yeah. all explode at the same time. Oh, He's constantly got <laughs> something going. So, um, you know, from the little details to the big moments of, of breathing life into my soul or my, my song that I'm trying to write, he, um, mm. he is, has always been there for me. And I'm so thankful God, God put him in my life. I don't know what I'd do without him. I feel the same way about Sandy. I mean, there, there t- you know, we, we just watched that movie, um, I Still Believe. Oh, yeah. And Great movie. Powerful movie. And, and as, we, as we're going through the movie, I remember just thinking, what if? You know, and and it all brought me to tears even more because, you know, I'm watching this and I'm, and I'm thinking that as, as the storyline plays out, I'm thinking, okay, what if Sandy didn't believe in our the, that we had a purpose? Because I really believe that when for her to get through those first five years of our marriage, she believed that God brought us together for a purpose. See, I think that's what the problem with most marriages is they end quick because they they never 
they never thought that God brought them together. See, if you say, if you yeah. say, if you really believe God brought you together, it's hard to leave that, even if it's not looking good. It's really hard to leave that. So she mm-hmm. always believed that there was some reason God brought us together. So she had that faith in her. Like, so I'll, uh, so as we're going through the movie, I'm thinking, what if she'd have been like everybody else and just left? What if she didn't believe in that? What if she didn't believe in music? What if she um, – so many things. It's like, what if she didn't do this? What if we didn't do that? What if we didn't live this 24-7 marriage? What if we didn't believe in this this crazy way we met? I mean, this, uh, of how quick, 16 days, we were engaged, uh, and we yeah. only spent, you know, we spent less than 20 days in face-to-face because she was in Kentucky. I was in Georgia. So wow. it's not like we could be there. So mm-hmm. in that eight months that we were engaged, because we got got married October 5th of 2002, um, we, we only spent less than 20 days face-to-face. So what, what if we didn't take that chance? What if yeah. I didn't believe that God was healing me? That morning, what if we didn't take this chance, crazy chance on this whole Christmas Sandy show? So many thoughts like that were going through my head and all that. And it was, you know, as I'm listening, watching the I Still Believe, and I Still Believe here. Again, it's it's such a powerful movie. It really made me think about things. You know, our life could be so different right now if it weren't for every little moment that we made. Right. Yep, and God's the in the details. God is in the details, <laughs> and you sometimes you you don't see that when you're walking through it, but you look back on 17 years of marriage, and you see mm-hmm. all the hand of God guiding you on the path that he wants you to follow. And I know us as humans, we have the power of choice. We can get off that path, but he gently mm-hmm. brings that path right back to us, and he, and he gets yep. us back on our way. And if I always say, if you don't know what your purpose is, just hang around for another five minutes. He will definitely get you back on that. And I'm, I'm, I, I've done the same thing. I've looked back over my life in many milestone moments and looked and thought, what if I had made one different choice? What if I had chosen mm-hmm. someone else to marry instead of instead <laughs> of my husband Dave? My life would not be the same. And God knows that. God knows exactly yep. who you need to be with, and he, he brings you together. And isn't yeah, and, it awesome and when, 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 yep. you, oh, when you find the really? right person and you know oh, that you're yes. living in the will of God and what God wants you to do? It's the most unbelievable feeling of knowing that you And you know, right. you're talking about that he'll guide you back. I can remember we originally launched a whole new country buzz idea back in 2014. And – and in that time, we actually got to interview Kelsey Ballerini before everybody knew who she was, which was really cool. We did. And, um, and I remember about 2015, it would just give us so much to do with it because technology was different back then than it is now and all that. And it was just so much. And we shut it down for personal reasons. And But I always felt like a piece of me died that day that we shut it down. I really – I mean I deleted the Facebook page. I deleted everything. I was I wanted to push this away so much that I even let go of the domain New Country Buzz. But wow. it never left me. It was like every six mm-hmm. months I would go to GoDaddy, and oh, nobody's bought the domain yet. Six months later, oh, nope, nobody's bought the dis- <laughs> domain. I remember three years in, October of 2018 – I went to Sandy. I was like, you know, nobody's still not bought New Country Buzz. I think they'll relaunch this and do and finish what we started. I, I say I don't know what it was about that time frame, 
but I felt in an element, and I feel like we're supposed to do this. And she was like, okay, let, let's do this. And it's yeah. just so crazy how when we look back, it was one of the moments to where I'm one of them that, that I would rather die broke and know I gave it my all than to always wonder what if. What if, yeah. That that ate me alive those three years. That I tried to do all kinds of different other things, and this would fail, that would fail, this would fail, that would fail. But this whole crazy music business was still on my mind. And I knew one day I'd probably relaunch. And I'm just thankful that God did not allow someone to lock in newcountrybuzz.com because I probably would have gave up then. I probably wouldn't have relaunched. Well, and he probably knew that. This was his path for you, and he held that thing open until you got back on that path, you know. When he he Mm -hmm. does a a fire, it ignites a fire in you. It doesn't Mm -hmm. ever go out. You always crave what what you're supposed to be, the path that you're supposed to be on and what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, he gravitates you back towards that. And because we talk about family Mm -hmm. so much, um, we're a family affair, and we always allow our 8-year-old, to come on and ask Aww. one question of each artist. Yeah. You know, because, <laughs> and, when, and you know what, when our one-year-old gets older, we'll be plugging her in, too, because this is a family Aww, show. Oh, so sweet. <laughs> so he's going to get on and ask his question that he has every artist. And Here he is. Here's my Yeah. Hi, Matata. What's your favorite food? What's my favorite food? Yep. I have such a sweet tooth. I probably peach cobbler is probably the number one slot. That's mm. a great question. What's your favorite food? Pizza. Pizza. I love pizza too. <laughs> I have so many. I have so many favorites. How can you put them? How can you rank them? Like they all should be on the number one <laughs> slot, shouldn't they? Okay. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> he comes. <laughs> so he comes and goes quick. But again, you know, see, I've always been taught that you inspire passion and purpose into your kids by having them watch you live out yours in front of them. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. and of course, and maybe one day he'll be running our show while we talk and stuff. And then who knows, one day he'll have his own will. show. Yes. <laughs> yes. He probably will. <laughs> that right there, that thought, yes. you need to write it down. That could be a song. That could be a whole hook line in, in a major song right there. <laughs> Uh, there you go. <laughs> we'll keep that in mind. Yeah. Because yeah, it's and, and you know I you know and see the this whole crazy music thing was you know back in 2013 which really led us here. 2013, I knew her love for music and um and she loves to write lyrics. We we don't write play music music but we write lyrics. Yeah. And so I so I sat down with her and said you know what let me experience your side. Let's write some lyrics together. So we wrote over 300 sets of lyrics wow. in a year's time, and, and including what, a couple of things we've gotten put to music, or we found a couple of people that would that love the lyrics and put some music to it. Like one's called "Her Last yeah. Text," and it's about a texting Aww. and driving type thing. Really oh, sad geez. song, but a powerful song. And um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but um, but we grew so close in that year. And then I remember tell I remember sitting there saying, "Well, if we, if we ever have a chance." To get these in front of artists, it's going to have to be smaller artists because, like, a, like a Blake's going to really talk to us. Who are we, right? You know. So I started befriending people on Facebook that were up and coming artists, and getting to know some of these people. I'm like, man, these are some really 
cool people. I started always developing friendships with all these different artists. I seen a side that she helped me see that I'd never seen before. So then in 2014, I was like, um, I create websites anyway. Why don't I just make a website that, that specifically focuses on the up-and-coming art, country artist? And that was where the whole new country buzz came to be. And, and the whole, this whole thing started out as my wish to help her one day have a song she writes go on the radio. Wow. Yeah, That's here we so are, sweet. seven years later, <laughs> going to be moving to Nashville mm-hmm. next year. Got a lot of songwriter friends that that probably would be willing to work with us on some things. So, who, yeah. so that dream's still alive. That's right. Oh, yes. Uh, you just need we'll to get it, it into a publishing firm, and <clears throat> and mm-hmm. it's all about the song. You know, some big mm-hmm. artists could pick the pick the song and. Um, because of the song, not because of who wrote it or anything yeah. else. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly, exactly what you absolutely. need to do. Yeah. Well, so, I pray blessings so my, upon yeah. that, upon your, well, upon your ministry, upon your show, <laughs> and this move to Nashville. I pray that connections, people will cross your path, your path every day, that will build connections and something that not only they need from you, but that you need from them. I think it's going to be a great and thing. We, and we believe yours is one of them. Yes. Well, there's no yes. coincidence with God, and, and like I've said a yep. thousand times today, he is so in the details. I cannot say that enough, he, and uh, I am so pleasure. thankful that that you gave me an opportunity not only to tell my story, but to hear y'all's story, too. I don't always get to hear that, and um, I'm very thankful for that. God is good. Yep. Uh, uh, Keep yes, relationships. Has, always. Yep, exactly, mm-hmm. and the crazy part is, see, your PR form, I – you know, I've been trying to get John Snyder on our show, and he's, you know, he's been oh, trying yes, to work that there. deal out and all that. And yeah, and so just so, so just recently, um, he he emailed me, your PR guy, and said, "I we're ready to start it, um, booking for John again." I was okay, great, great, let's do this. And and then it never, and then all of a sudden, it's like a couple of days later. I guess it fell through because then he ended up emailing me. Yeah. He goes, um, "I've got this girl, Christian artist named Natasha Owens. I'd like to get her on your show." Aw. So here you are. And we were like, "Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I am." <laughs> I will remind uh-huh. him that Mr. Snyder needs to come on y'all show because that he's <laughs> such a nice guy. It'd be great fit. <laughs> And see, oh, and we, see we actually that. do. See, we do a couple different shows. That we we started a, and this is what I would want John on for. Um, we started a, a show called State of the Music Business, where we bring on executives and others on the business side of music to kind of talk yes. about where music's been, where it's mm-hmm. going. And he's been in music for years, and he's been on both sides of the music, so he'd be a perfect person to bring on. And then, and then last week. We just launched a third show. Now, now, now these two shows are only weekly. The um, the show that yeah. we're on now that you're doing, the Chris and Sandy show, it's a daily show. But the other shows are are just weekly. I, we, that'd be too much to do if they were daily. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh yes. <laughs> but we launched a we launched a third show, a third podcast last week called Behind the Artist, where, where we bring parents or family members on our show to talk about the artist. Oh, that's neat. You're kind of getting next, a, a 360 yeah. view perspective of the entire that, industry through your shows. That's yeah, you, you, you just pegged what I said. I told Sandy the other day, when you look at our shows, 
we're getting we're getting a perspective from every angle. That was exactly yeah. what I said. It was. <laughs> so, wow! I was like, you you got Great it. Great minds think like alike. That. See, and I feel <laughs> and I feel like you know yeah. what? I feel like we're supposed to do this for sure now because you know for you to just click click like that. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, that that we're on the right track. I know that God's behind this. Because, you know, like the state of the music business, one of our ultimate goals with that, and all the business executives have loved this, is eventually do a yearly conference called the state of the music business where we bring in, like, the people that come on the show. They'll be some of the speakers. And, and of course, you know, anybody that's within music can be in the audience, and we they teach where music is right now and, mm-hmm. you know, and all that so that people can get ideas, kind of like this, the CRS thing, except – in music in general instead of just radio. <laughs> yeah, I think you know? that's great. Yeah. I think something that's needed, you're definitely blazing a path that not everybody's doing, and that's that's what's going to set you apart. It's like with our show. You know, one thing I wanted to do with this, you know, the Chris and Sandy show, I told Sandy, how can we be different when we launch? Because there are thousands of people that do this. And right. I think I know – well, first off, we're a married couple. That's probably less than 1% of the shows out there are married people doing the show together. So I knew that yep. was different. But I wanted something more unique, and so I think I know what it is because I'm a storyteller, and I love stories. I was like, hmm. we're going to give artists long enough because, you know, 60 to 90 minutes type thing because most shows you get 20 minutes, 15 minutes. You can't tell a it's, story in It's hard. Time. It's we're, hard to tell a, a story that has depth. <laughs> To it in yeah. that short amount of time, I never get yeah, enough. So time we to wanted talk. to give, we wanted to give mm-hmm. artists long enough to where we can get their story out. We can tell parts of our story with them, and just be a story, you know, just so that people can see the inside of this artist, not mar- not the artist, and we're going to get yeah. their their raw stories out. And that was the goal of the show. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. You're definitely doing something that no one else is doing, and. You're you're gonna blaze you're gonna blaze a path. You're gonna get well, we noticed appreciate for that. that. We you know, do. Now um, I'm gonna skip a few questions because I, I don't want to take up much more of your time <laughs> uh, and all fine. that. You know, you know. But um, I'll skip. I'll just look at a few things I got here to kind of hit some other points real quick. Okay, I got three more questions and then we'll get you out of here. Um, okay. If you um, I'm gonna tell. I'm about to ask a question, and I'm, I have a purpose for the way I ask this, and I'll tell you why and right after I ask it. But if you had a magic wand, or we could say God, if, if God said what you're about to say would come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I'm kind of asking it this way is because this past February made five years that we asked that same question to Kelsey Ballerini. Her answer is what she's living today. She wow. knew exactly five years ago what she wanted to live, how she wanted to live. She knew the, the, the key points and what she wanted to accomplish, and she's done all that that she told us five years ago. And so I like to ask it in that way so that artists can open their minds up a little bit, you know, because, again, sometimes artists will say, I just want to play music, you know. Yeah. But I want the, I want the deeper meaning of what they want. I want the true vision that's in their heart. So I want them to open up. So if God was part of this, which we know he is, and it would come true, and God says, you know what? What you're about to say would come true. Where do you want to be in five years? You know, my heart is for broken people and for mm. um, to make Christ known. And, 
you know, I'm not naive. I always say I, I have to get to a bigger stage. I have to get to a bigger, more recognition. And it's not to be a bigger artist. It's not to have a bigger following. It's mm-hmm. to get to a platform where I – it's a numbers game, right? If I'm on a platform yeah. with 1,000 people, then I may touch 10% of that. If I'm on a platform with 30,000 people, I'm going to touch – you know, 3,000 people, a lot more. Yeah, um, exactly. So that's my goal. You know, everything that I had planned for myself in this mm-hmm. direction, God has, it has, he's blown my mind. It's gone in a different mm-hmm. direction than I thought it would. <laughs> and so I, so with questions like that, I always have a hard time. Well, I have no idea yeah. because God's <laughs> completely in control of this, right? Yeah. I just want, in, in five years, I would love to be able to, to turn back and say, in all this time, look at how many people have come to Christ. Look at how many people's yeah. souls have been restored mm-hmm. and the broken pieces have been pieced back together. Um, that is my goal. And if I don't want it just to be one, although it would all be worth it, right? I yeah. want the numbers to just be through the roof mm. because God, mm-hmm. I I owe that back to God. God put me back together and gave me a second chance for a voice, mm-hmm. and I have to use that, right? I have to yeah. use that for him. Yeah. So, um, you know, the biggest, you know, artists usually say big, big stages, big awards, all of that. Mm-hmm. I just want to impact millions of people. In five years' time, I would love to get to that many people. Uh, that's, I love that answer. So let's I do say too. Got a, yes. Let's say you've got a friend, and let's say you've heard him sing, him or her. And now this would be pre-COVID advice. So keep that in mind. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I always have to add mm-hmm. that right now. Um, yeah. So let's say that um, you've heard them sing, and they've got something special. You can just tell they definitely have something special with them. And um, so you sit there. Uh, so they've played maybe ten or twenty shows. They haven't done a whole lot in that arena yet. But they've gotten on stage, and they've got what every artist says they get, that stage bug. And they come to you, and they say, Natasha, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years? Goodness. Well, you know, on a on a business standpoint, you've got to make sure that you have all your intellectual property right because no mm-hmm. one in the, this industry will even bat an eye or give you a chance if you don't have actual CD in your hands, actual website, actual Facebook and Spotify and all of that. You have to get all of that groundwork done. Um and you, you have to link yourselves with like-minded artists. There's so many artists in my genre of music that it isn't about God. It isn't about – it's about industry. Mm-hmm. It's about making mm-hmm. a big name for themselves and their pride. It's not about ministry. So mm-hmm. I link to people who – I gravitate towards people who are for ministry, and I don't like traveling with anybody who has a different mindset because – yeah. My goal my goal is so different from the industry people, right? Yeah. So if there if my friend is in the say the Christian genre, that would be advice that I would give to her. Not only get your ducks in a row, but gravitate towards people who have a like mindedness, who yeah, you can have fun with. Up. Absolutely. Who you who you can be yourself around and don't pretend. And um mm-hmm. when you when you get out on the road with people who 
have the same purpose in life as you. I cannot tell you how how not only fulfilling, but how much fun it is. It is so much mm-hmm. fun to have the same purpose and the same goal, and you're helping them and they're helping you. And someone, you know, being my friend, I would, and if it's in my, the genre, I would say, you know what, you're coming on the road with me, you're going to open, you're going to, um, you know, I'm all about the connections business, so you're going to to meet everybody that I know in, in hopes that that can help further your career, you know. Um, if if you're my friend and I believe in you, I'm going to go to the ends of the earth to help you for sure. Mm-hmm. That is awesome. So as we end this here, just tell everybody how they can reach you. You can go to NatashaOwensMusic.com, and that will uh, branch you out to all my platforms from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, to uh, Spotify, YouTube. You can get my music, my product, my tour schedule, and keep up with me uh, through that website, NatashaOwensMusic.com. And we really enjoyed having you on today. Thank you so much. I did too. I I appreciate you giving the time and just the care and the questions that you ask tells me your, I mean, your heart is all in it. And I just pray that your ministry just absolutely blow your mind, that God blows your mind in the midst of this, because I do believe through hearing your story and hearing your y'all's heart that you're, um, you're living out your dream and God is allowing it and making it happen. And we definitely appreciate that because, you know, like I said, he's blown our mind. You know, we've had people on our show Already. that I don't, mm-hmm. I don't feel that should be on our show in under five months. So yeah. we're seeing yeah. doors open up that I can't, you know, I couldn't you even can't imagine. explain it. It's only God. Yeah. You just can't yeah. explain it. That's what mm-hmm. I tell people. Like on Facebook, I'll tell people that, you know what, we got people coming on our show that shouldn't be coming on our show this soon but God. Yeah. But God, yeah. <laughs> but God, that's a saying I say yep. often. He has the final word, mm-hmm. and he makes it happen. And that's how we know that it's God, because mm-hmm. he does things that we can't do ourselves. Exactly. It just doesn't happen. Okay. So anything I can do to help you guys in your ministry, you just let me know. We appreciate it, and we look forward to having you back we down do. the road. Would yeah. love it. Would love it. Y'all keep in touch, and hopefully we'll cross paths in Nashville soon. You never know. I'm I'm there half my life, it seems. <laughs> All right. Okay. We, look we, we look forward to it. We look forward to that. All righty. Y'all stay safe. <laughs> All right. You, you too. too. Bye. 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 Bye.